So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. This episode is gonna be the last one featuring Switch by Dan and Chip Heath, which actually turned out to be a pretty, pretty amazing book. And I would also kind of recommend to read the book since we are only going through a quote unquote summary because it is actually only book notes. But anyway, we are gonna go through the last bit of it after the intro, as always. Yeah. <laughs> and I quality of the audio might be kind of different since there's nothing in front of me and I'm also not doing anything to block that noise kind of. Maybe I should be doing it in this way. Well, I, I hope that it is good anyway. I hope that it is not like bothering to some kind anyway. Maybe we should actually be solving that. The way to solve that is actually only putting a lot of fucking clothing on my desk so that it is... <laughs> that all the uh, echo so there's no way that there's gonna be echo since like there's no surface near or whatnot but i don't even know if it is working like that or like i want it to work in that way but yeah i do kind of feel like that it is a tiny little bit better but anyway before we go through the episode there's a few things that i'm willing to talk about um actually but so please check out the description i know that's quite it in the end you know Long story short, please check out the description because there's everything that's necessary, everything that you're going to need and everything that might be important to you. For example, personalizations, music, for example, then free things, the notes, as you can see here on the, ref on the right side. Yeah. And also the podcast link and also the YouTube channel link because some people might be on a podcast and some people might be on the YouTube channel, but would actually be on the other side, on the other thing. So therefore, the links are the first and the second one in the description, also in the show notes if you're on the podcast. So let's actually get through the summary. And it is a tiny little bit too big. So let's adjust that now. I would actually like to have it in the middle, kind of. So let's do it like this. So it should be fine. And <laughs> the funny thing is I've actually highlighted the complete last part. So... It doesn't necessarily mean that everything that is there is going to be necessary and valuable or good or whatnot, but I was just a little bit, not stressed, but I had to do something else. So I just decided to check everything and when I'm going through it and I think, well, this is actually not really something that I have to recommend or I should recommend, then I'm going to just struck it out, strike it out or whatever. So some students received a basic letter, and this is an experiment, as I've then noticed. Some students received a basic letter announcing the launch of a food drive the following week and asking them to bring canned food to a booth on Tresida Place, a well-known spot on campus. Other students received a more detailed letter, which included a map to the precise spot, a request for a can of beans, and a suggestion that they think about a time when they when they would ordinarily be near Tresida Plaza, so they, or it's actually Plaza, I'm sorry, Plaza, so they wouldn't have to go out of their way to get there. Well, and it turned out that students who received the more detailed letter were substantially more charitable, 42% more charitable, which is actually insane, you know, which is actually quite of a cool 
thing if you think about it, which just illustrates, and this is also kind of a topic in this book and also something that the authors are talking about, that change has to be led by guidance and clear guidance. So if you're just saying like, well, you should be exactly doing this and that and you should give me this and that or it would be nice if you gave me this and that, then chances are, at least they say, or at least this is what the experiment showed, chances are higher. And the percentage of people that are actually then doing it is higher because it is guided, heavily detailed guided, which is amazing or interesting, even though it might involve just a little bit more work, if you think about it, just in terms of um, applying this knowledge then. But yeah. Notice how many times people have tweaked the environment to shape your behavior. Well, this is actually something that I that I couldn't say because like I tend to forget quite everything that's not really substantial for me. You know, I, I really forget everything that is not somehow necessary to just know. At least in my point of view. So I'm just completely forgetting quite everything. You know, sometimes I'm kinda concerned <laughs> that I'm just in early stages of dementia or some shit. But I mean like I'm I'm quite young, fortunately, so you know, not such a big problem, I guess. The next point that I'm going to talk through, or I'm going to read here, it is something that I'm not quite sure about. And I wouldn't necessarily say that you should also be doing that. But I think it is also just a pretty interesting thought and a pretty interesting thing to point out, even though everyone's going to hate you, you know? But yeah. Example, Robbie and Kent, who frequently arrive late and then sit in the back of the room, shape the path. So what's to do to shape their path? The first thing is tweak the environment. Lock the door when a bell rings so latercomers are stuck in the hallway. I mean, if you are the teacher or the professor and you're doing that, everyone's gonna fucking hate you. Quite, you know? This is one of the reasons why I wouldn't necessarily say that you should be doing that. Of course, like if you're doing that, then you're fucked. You know, when you're too late, you're fucked. You know, you've just missed the lesson, you've missed whatever is being said in the lesson, you've missed all the information, you've missed um, whatever. Maybe there's some other consequences to that. I don't know. The second thing is build habits. Start having a daily quiz with one or two quick questions at the beginning of every class. If Robbie and Kent aren't present to take the quiz, they will fail automatically, you know? And this is actually kind of a reason then to not be late, kind of. Like, I do have to say, like, this, the first and the second one up to this point, they are pretty good because, of course, you're not going to be too late too often, because you know, okay, if I'm too late, then I just miss the lesson because the, cl- uh, the door is closed or locked. And oh, there's a quiz and I'm going to just uh, fail the quiz automatically because I'm not there. On the other hand, what if you're ill? You know, do you then automatically fail the test as well or the quiz as well, which is kind of a fucked up thing then because you're ill and you can't do anything about it? Hmm. It's always complicated with school kind of. Rally the herd. Post a class on time record on a wall. Maybe when Robin can see that they are the only students violating the social norm to be on time, they will change their ways. The fourth one is build habits. Set a policy that the, that the last student in his or her seat every day will be asked to answer the first question of the quiz. The fifth, rally the herd once again. Find a way to let Robbie and Kent know that the other students dislike what they're doing, as they almost certainly do, which is something I'm not quite sure about, because like also in my class, there's people that are frequently coming late, and I just give a fuck about that. Like, I really don't care. 
You know, if they are coming late, well, it is what it is. Sometimes I do feel sorry for people that are just presenting something, you know, people that are having a presentation at this point in time, and then people just, yeah, come in and they're like, well, you know, they're not saying anything most often, but it is like a little bit of a fucked up thing for the people that are just presenting. At least I guess, at least I think, you know, not necessarily for me, but I could assume and I, could, I can also imagine that it is not really something that a lot of people favor to have or would like to have. So yeah, um, in the end, it is like, yeah, Anyway, you know, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, often troublemakers have the illusion that their defined behavior makes them folk heroes or folk heroes. They can be they can be deflated quickly by frank peer feedback. And the sixth and last one is tweak the environment. Once again, do what Bart Miller actually did. He bought a used couch and put it right at the front of the classroom. It was immediately obvious that this couch was the cool place to sit. Students could slouch and relax instead of sitting at a dorky desk. Suddenly, Robbie and Ken started getting to class early every day so they could get a good seat. And they were voluntarily or volunteering to sit at the front of the class. And this is really indeed a genius task to do, a genius thing to do, to just actually get people to sit in the front of the classroom even though this is also something that i'm doing just because i like it kind of you know i mean i mean it is something that i've started to do i th i know back in uh, i even don't know what it is i don't know if i'm in high school or if it is a college or whatever i'm, I'm always just referring to it as cool because i don't know the fucking vocabulary and i should really look that up because i'm often talking about that and all the time it fucking bothers me that i don't know that but anyway uh in the school where uh, that I've been attending before I'm now attending this school, the graffiti design school I'm on right now, or that I'm at right now, um, I've always been sitting in the back as far as I remember. And it hasn't been a big deal as well. Like, it, it's been pretty fine. Like, it's it's not been such a such a bad thing. You know, it, it didn't also have anything to do with me just uh, receiving bad grades then, because I, I was always doing something else with my friends and whatnot. Like, yeah, of course, I did some other shit with my friends as well because like you are gonna just get used to just being in the back and uh, most often uh, people are not gonna just notice things then or the teachers are not gonna notice things then so yeah so you're gonna take advantage of that quote-unquote advantage still like I've, I've always been a good student whether I'm in the front or I'm in the back it really didn't matter in the end and I wouldn't I mean like it depends on the classroom like if the, the classroom is really broad you know a lot of people are able to sit um, just next to each other, then it is not such a big deal. But if it is a really long one, which means that the 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 far back, if this makes any sense. I don't actually <laughs> I don't actually know. Uh, the the far the farer back you sit, the the worse it is, since you're just um, there's a a huger distance between you and the teacher. Um, it could kind of affect your grades, you know. If you should care about grades or not, this is totally something that you should also be thinking about besides the whole point of uh, wherever you're sitting. But yeah, anyway, long story short. Leaders had to reshape the path consciously with some simple tweaks to the environment. Suddenly, the right behaviors emerged. It wasn't the people who changed it, it was the situation. What looks like a people problem is often a situation problem. Design an environment in which desired or undesired behaviors are made not hard, made not only harder, but impossible. I mean, let's think about habits there. And this is completely something, and I do actually want to just 
point this out a little point this out a little bit more. Can I do this? No, it's not gonna work out. And um, the thing is, if you think about eating habits, if you're having cookies at home, the chances are there that you're gonna eat cookies. If there is no fucking cookie in your fucking home, you're not gonna eat any fucking cookie. Because there is no fucking cookies, you know. It is an incredibly easy and efficient way to just restrict certain behaviors and or to just change certain behaviors because you are restricting yourself because you're making it impossible to do something. I mean, if you're not having any cigarettes, you can't smoke anything unless you actually just try to smoke paper and some some shit like you you could. But I don't know if this is just what you're then looking forward to then. But I don't know. But it is a simple and fucking effective trick and I really loved it. In trying to minimize the risk of bad outcomes, injury prevention experts often turn to the Haddon matrix, a simple framework that provides a way to think systematically about accidents by highlighting, by highlighting three key periods of time, pre-event, event and post-event. Why are habits so important? They are in essence behavioral autopilot. They allow lots of good behaviors to happen without the rider taking charge. Remember, the rider's self-control is exhaustible, so it is a huge plus if some positive things can be happening free on autopilot. To change ourselves or to change yourself or other people, you've got to change habits. And this is totally something that I'm noticing, because I'm doing such a lot of shit, and I do know that some people wouldn't be able to do that at this point in time, but I'm so used to it. I'm on autopilot. You know, I'm just doing this freely. And this is also one of the reasons why I'm not getting exhausted. This is one of the reasons why it is not so exhaustive compared to it being maybe just fucking exhaustive to other people or for other people just because I'm used to it, just because it is something that I have been doing for some time and it is a habit, you know? So yeah, Rex-based example. When the call queuing system was thrown out, the customer service staffers quickly developed the habit of answering the phone. Yes, I can assume that I do actually should hurry up a tiny little bit. Um, action triggers can have a profound power to motivate people to do things they know they need to do. Peter Golwitzer argues that the value of action triggers res uh, resides in the fact that we are preloading a decision. Dropping off Anne at school triggers the next action, going to the gym. There is no cycle conscious deliberation. By preloading the decision, we conserve the rider's self-control. And this is often uh, something that I'm referring to as chain reactions of habits because it is like, okay, I'm brushing my teeth and afterwards I'm going to eat breakfast, you know, or something like that. Maybe it is something completely different, but there's always something after something, you know, there's always a pre-event, then the event and then a post-event, as they also said. When people pre-decide, pre they pass the control of their behavior onto the environment. Golwitzer says that action triggers protect that action triggers protect goals from tempting distractions, bad habits, or competing goals. Habits are behavioral autopilot, and that is why there is such a critical tool for leaders. Leaders who can instill habits that reinforce the team's goals are essentially making progress for free. They have changed behavior in a way that doesn't draw, uh, that doesn't draw down the rider's severe uh, uh, reserves. I'm sorry of self-control which then just makes everything kind of clear and everything uh, just understandable like okay if you're just able to do something on autopilot which is not going to take any resources or at least not as much or nearly as much as if you would not be doing it on autopilot but everything consciously 
then it just makes sense. Habits will form inevitably. Whether they are formed intentionally or not, you've probably created lots of team habits unwittingly. If your staff meetings always start out with general small talk, then you've created a habit. You've designed your meeting autopilot to yield a few minutes of warm-up small talk. The hard question for a leader is not how to form habits, but which habits to encourage. A good change leader never thinks, why are these people acting so badly? They must be bad people. A change leader thinks, how can I set up a situation that brings out the good in these people? This is actually a fucking good question. You know, how can my people, how can the people that I am basically working for, even though a lot of people might be saying like, well, if you're having employees, they are working for you. But it is in the end not really the case because you have to encourage them and you have to make sure that they're able to work as good as they can. So in the end, it is like they're working for you, but you're also working for them. It is like a two-sided thing. You know, it's like a cycle. And this is totally something to think about. Checklists educate people about what is best showing them to iron clad right way to do something. That means the checklists are effective at directing the rider. People fear checklists because they see them as dehumanizing. Maybe because they associate them with exhaustive checklists that allow inexperienced teenagers to operate fast food chains successfully. They think if something is simple enough to be put in a checklist or a, a monkey can do it, well, if, it's that, if that's true, grab a pilot's checklist and try your luck with a 747. Checklists simply make big screw-ups less likely. Yes, it always makes sense, you know? Indeed makes sense. Shamu didn't learn to jump through a hoop because he tra her trainer was bitching at her. She learned because she had a trainer who was patient and focused and reinforced every step of the journey. Cognitive dissonance works in your favor, sometimes as well. People don't like to act in one way and think in another. So once a small step has been taken and people have begun to act in a new way, it will be increasingly difficult for them to dislike the way they're acting. Similarly, as people begin to act differently, they'll start to think of themselves differently. And as their identity evolves, it will reinforce the new way of doing things. And I do particularly understand when you've started to do something, you don't really want to do something or you do not really want to do this or something else than this. Because um, I have been in the early morning from 6 to 10, actually, I've been working on my diploma and I've had some severe fucking issues with software. And then, like, I've been switching from one software to the other and, and the other one wasn't actually as, well, it, it wasn't as, as good as I thought it would be. You know, and then I've also decided or thought, well, maybe I should get back to the old one, you know, but of course there were also some issues, so I had to change. But in the end, I was like, well, I do not want to change that. You know, I've gotten very comfortable with what this one is, you know, what this software is like, how the, the, the UI is, you know, the user interface, what, whatever it is. It is like uh, kind of a fucked up thing, actually, indeed. And there is actually a few points. Uh, maybe this kind of a summary the first thing is direct the rider, then follow the bright spots, investigate what is working and clone it, Jeremy Stern in Vietnam, solutions-focused therapy. Script the critical moves, don't think big picture, think in terms of specific behaviors. 1% milk, 4 rules at the Brazilian railroad. Point to the destination. Change is easier when you know where you're going and why it's worth it. You'll be third graders soon, no dry holes at BP which are, by the way, always examples which are in brackets. 
motivate the elephant. Find the feeling. Knowing something is enough to cause change. Make people feel something. And now the example. Piling gloves on the top, uh, on the table. The chemotherapy video game. Robin Wars Diamond uh, Demons at Target. Shrink the change. Break down the change until it no longer spokes or yeah spokes the elephant. The five minute room rescue and procurement reform. Grow your people, cultivate a sense of identity and instill the growth mindset. I'm actually not going to read the examples because it's not that in, thought of an important thing. Shape the path, tweak the environment. When a situation changes, the behavior changes, so change the situation. Build habits. When behavior is hab- habitual, it is free. It doesn't tax the rider. Rally the hurt. Behavior is contagious, help it spread. And the last one is other reading. See John Cotter and Don Cohen's essential book, The Heart of Change. Must read book Mindset, the new psychology of success, which I've been referring to in the last episode. And it is quite of a difficult book to read. At least it has been difficult for me. You know, the summary that I went through was quite difficult for me since I think there's a lot of vocabulary that I didn't understand as far as I remember. So it's not been like uh, a really easy one for me. Uh, but still, it's, yeah, I know... I think it is just doable. It it just totally depends on, on you, I would say. And I don't know why, but I'm getting kind of quickly out of breath today. And also yesterday and the day before. Like on some days, it's just not that easy to talk. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm so like uh, shouting around. Maybe it's just because of the other language. Maybe it's because of some other reasons. I don't fucking know why. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I've managed to go through this episode on time. Um... So yeah, I do hope that they've liked it because I have liked it and I think it is a, it's a pretty good one and a pretty cool one and also a pretty valuable one. Like there's been a lot of things in it that, that I would say are quite important and are quite interesting to know and are quite, quite, quite good to, to, to just read about, I would say, you know, and just also to realize once again, because I wouldn't necessarily say that this is just something completely new, uh, some completely new, something completely new. Because there's totally going to be some things that you just know about, you know, because you're living life, because you're experienced, because of whatever reasons, actually. But we forget about these things, you know. It's just always a good reminder if it is something like that or when we're having something like this. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I wish you the best health of happiness and also success and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered. It basically means just being a nice person then being remembered as a nice person. Three other questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here, what are you trying to change, and what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea. Yes. And with that being said, thank you very much. I appreciate that, and I'm hopefully going to see you the next time. So, I'll see you soon, and bye, and and thanks a lot. You know, really, really, really thanks a lot for being here, and then listening to me and and watching the episode and clicking on the episode and whatnot. I appreciate that. But I'm going to see you the next time. So uh, 